Podcast. The Dodgers are 98 and 55 with a 20 game lead in a meaningless NL West division after going one and one over a half week. Uh, I'm Jacob Birch. This is uh, we're recording this Thursday late late night for me on September 19th. Eric Steven, you're there. Hello. Are you asleep? You're not asleep. Oh, it's, no, it's, it's, it's only it's nine like nine. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. Fine. Uh, it's it's late for me. Um, I will be in LA and San Diego next week, so we're recording this early. It's a special. NLDS preview episode where we're going to be very wrong and try to guess uh, the Dodgers roster. Are you prepared? Did you do notes? I did do notes, and I I think we're going to be pretty right. I think we're going to be pretty close. I think the, we'll get into this, but I think the pitching, there's a lot of question marks for me. So I bet I'm wrong at least on one of these names. Uh, so we're going to drive into that preview. We still have questions from Craig. Uh, we're going to kind of talk about w- what news we have to talk about. It was only two games since we last recorded. Um, but maybe you and I can pretend how this Rockies series is going to go. All this after this break. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So not only are we recording this midweek, but it's after a two-game series, which shouldn't exist. These things dumb. <laughs> I'm I'm sick of these. They're the the necessary evil of no, interleague play. You know, not you necessary. Know, I mean, Figure it out. It, it, right? It's just evil. It's the evil of, of interleague play. <laughs> you're right. So, like every team has like 
uh, four of these a year, you know, you have two teams you're going to go two and two against. So that means four different weeks. Plus, sometimes you uh, to balance stuff out, like if you had a bunch of four game series against a division team, you might have a two gamer sometimes. So it's the weird Monday off, Thursday off, and then you just play Tuesday, Wednesday. It's so odd. It's very weird. There, there's even uh, because of the way the the new off days work this year, where or the last two years, where it's 187 days season instead of 183. So there's four extra off days. It's to spread out some travel. But there, there's been weird times where, uh, like right before the All Star break, a couple teams had Sunday off, which is a crime. I mean, that's that's a felony, as far as I'm concerned. There's there's teams that have had Friday off. Uh, so it's really weird. Uh, you're right. Um, I hate it all. I, I'm going to go ahead and just let you go. What did you think about this two-game series? Did the level okay. of play make you, you know what, no, this is worth it if we get this quality of streamlined baseball? It was the worst. Uh, <laughs> so next year, uh, I don't know the logistics of it because, I don't, well, it's not finalized, first of all. like uh, During the, uh, the preseason like rule changes they had for this year, um, they mentioned stuff that's probably going to happen in 2020, and one of them was the 26-man roster all year next year. But then in September, it's a cap of 28 players instead of 40. Uh, right now, like the Dodgers have 35 active players. I'm not sure what the Rays are at, but I'm sure they're like really close to 40 because they like a- activated Jose De Leon and he was injured for a while. So they're like in the high 30s. And both games were they weren't bullpen games per se, but they kind of were. Uh, the Rays had Blake Snell coming back from like three months off with an elbow thing. Uh, and then Brendan McKay was sort of also back after uh, he started like three or four games in a row, but still kind of limited. And then the Dodgers had like um, basically two bullpen games in a row as well. And that's how it is without outside of their top three. So there were like um, a billion pitching changes in both of those games. And we were talking about this. Uh, both games, Cody Bellinger had a priceless reaction um, on in the Tuesday game, which was only a YouTube game excuse me, a YouTube game. There was oh, one time where they had um, uh, the Dodgers made a pitching change. I think, it, and I think it was like the second one of the inning. Um, and they showed the cameras caught Bellinger just completely rolling his eyes. Like, he's like, fuck, you know, you gotta be kidding me. Well, Sorry for the explicit tag. tag. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and then like, so he, you could tell he was just like, come on. Right. And then after Wednesday's game, I didn't go to Tuesday's game. I went to Wednesday's game. And it just took forever, and it went 11 innings. Um, and then after the game, uh, well, it was like a 5 o'clock game, and it basically ended like a normal 7 o'clock game to give you an idea of what the pace of that game was like. But after the game, uh, Bellinger said uh, he was just like, there's no flow. He's like, I, I hope we never play these guys in September again. But the, the good news about next year's rule is that the it won't, it won't matter because in theory, I don't see, I don't, I wonder how they're going to do that. I think the way to do it to make it where you could still use extra guys is to allow some sort of a taxi um, for like starting pitchers you're not going to use because then and it's maybe you do something where the, a guy can get service time if he's not even though if he's not active because that's the big probably thing that they're going to they're worried about. Um, but yeah, I, so anyway, it's not going to be 40 players. So anyway, that's that, that's what the series was like. It was a split. The Dodgers uh, were very close to sweeping. Um they had a two-run lead with Kenley Jansen on the mound in the ninth uh, on Wednesday. Stop me if you've and, heard this before. Yeah, right. And, and you know, we've talked about this where he looked really good at times. 
But then the story of his season is like, then he'll just have games where he's completely flat and, and has no idea where the ball's going. That was Tuesday or Wednesday, excuse me. And, and he, uh, he blew the save. It went into extras and then the Rays scored two in the 11th and the Dodgers scored one uh, and then didn't uh, complete the win. So yeah, uh, very, very odd series, but just aesthetically like just an assault on baseball. It was really bad. I d- it didn't hurt. I'm not going to go in the full rant like you did against CSBN, but the YouTube broadcast had a lot. Of, oh. I, had a, I had a lot of complaints. I was texting you. You were my receiver because, you know, <laughs> by the time the game was on, my wife was in bed. So I had no one to complain to except my you, wife. So. Yeah. Uh, it was it's I think Chad Moriyama put it nicely. Uh, he, he he said, is BJ Upton doing ASMR? <laughs> because he, he was so quiet. And I, I think my point too, like, Nomar it, like has a lot of good points as an analyst. I actually like Nomar on the broadcast, <laughs> but but he is the he's like timid is the wrong word. I, I but he's just um like he's just he's he shouldn't be the most charismatic guy in the booth. Yes, like uh, from an announcer standpoint, and he was, and that was a problem. And so <laughs> that that made for a uh like let's just say like. Uh, Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night with Joe Davis back in the booth. Thank God, uh, and and with Nomar, and that that's a good pairing because they there's like actual banter there, and and it was you know there's more of a flow, and it was good. Um, but anyway, that that was that that was that series. Um, uh, Cody Bellinger did uh, oh, hit a home run we on forgot. Wednesday. We're gonna get angry tweets about this. We didn't lead with it. Well, I mean, we. I need uh, a pace update. I know it's it. been two games. I don't care. He, well, his pace update was that he was mad about the pace of Tuesday and Wednesday's Fair. game. But, uh, so he had a real double on Tuesday. He had a um, shift <laughs> pop fly double on Wednesday, which was funny as hell. Uh, it was a like pop out to <laughs> short left field to a shortstop, but nobody was there, so he, he got a double out of it. But then he had a home run off the foul pole. Um, so he's up to 46. Um, and kudos uh, to Joe Davis for noticing that at the fifth time he's gone into uh... – a 13 game streak. Oh, yeah. And a home run. 12, and then, 12. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Never got to 13. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then broke it every single time. <laughs> right. And so, uh, so he has, he's on pace for 48 home runs, on pace for 116 uh, RBIs. There's only nine games left. By the time you hear this, there's only six games left. So, um, but I will say this. Uh, but then as he'll it suddenly were, the have hit 50. That's. Right, you're, you're going to be listening to this, right? He already has 51. What are you talking about? 48 paces. You, you guys are liars. Uh, anyway, uh, but Bellinger does have 80 extra base hits. Uh, only he's the third LA Dodger to do that. So Sean Green had 84 in 2001, so that's within reach. Uh, and Adrian Beltre had 80 in 2004, and then he walked as a free agent, uh, which everyone took nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that, that's kind of where they're at. All right, so we. Want to talk about the roster NLD NLDS roster, but and we'll go into this a little bit. You can change between the series, but should they be fortunate enough and skilled enough to to move on? I wouldn't expect a ton of changes, and and we'll go into that. But before that, we want to talk a little bit about who they might play, and and that goes into kind of the magic number of where they're at in terms of home field advantage throughout the National League portion of the playoffs. Yeah, so again, this is probably going to, like, the actual numbers of it is going to change by the time you hear this on Tuesday or Monday night. Uh, but right now, the Dodgers are four and a half games up on Atlanta for the top seed in the NL with eight, oh, eight and a half games to play. The Dodgers have nine games. The Braves have eight. The Dodgers' magic number to clinch uh, that number one seed in the NL is only four. 
and there's 17 outcomes. We talked about this before. The Braves, meanwhile, to get the number one seed, have to have 14 of 17 things go their way. So very unlikely. So but at, no matter what happens, uh, the Dodgers will host the NLDS. Um, they'll either – the most likely scenario is that they're the number one seed and they'll host the wild card winner. As of right now, uh, Washington leads uh, for the first wild card spot. And uh, Milwaukee has actually leapfrogged the Cubs. They lost Christian Yelich, and they just kind of keep winning. Um, but that's going to probably go down to the final weekend. Uh, so it, it's basically either the Nationals, the Brewers, or the Cubs, I think, for that playing the one seed in the NLDS. Um, and then the Cardinals. I mean, it's theoretical that uh, the Brewers or the Cubs could catch the Cardinals. I think, the, the in fact, the Cubs lost to the Cardinals today. So they're going to – they're playing – uh, quite a lot, so that could happen. But uh, the NL Central winner is probably going to face the Braves in the NLD in NLDS. That's how it looks. In terms of like the best record overall, um, right now uh, the Yankees got to 100 wins. They have and they have um, uh, what is it? Oh yeah, uh, one fewer loss. One no, one fewer loss yeah. than the Astros. So both of those teams have 100 wins. The Dodgers have 98. Um, the the Dod the like Houston and New York their magic number over the Dodgers is only seven. So probably the Dodgers aren't going to get the best overall record. So forget for them to get home field advantage in the world series. They'd have to face someone other than the Yankees or Astros. That's something down the road. You don't have to worry about that right now. But the point is like they're in probably going to be the number one seed in the NL. That means they're going to probably play. They're going to play the wild card winner. Um, so that's kind of where they're at. So that's sort of what the roster uh, sure. We're going to be sort of building for more, more than likely going to be the Nationals, Brewers, or Cubs. Right. Certainly, could Cardinals could get into that mix. I think there's a couple other teams, Mets and Phillies. That it, are would t- it would technically take like, not out, but like chaos. Yeah. I think for the yeah. Which you're right. uh, real quick note before we get in the roster: uh, How exciting is playoff baseball when your team is still in it, but not at all involved in what's going on? It's the oh, that, so that it's I, so that's exciting. The, that's kind of why I love like. Um, uh, playing games or like the wild card mm-hmm. games, especially like you're saying, if you're not in it, you could just because it's a it's a winner take all game, all being in quotation marks. It's not, obviously not for a championship, but it's to advance, right? It's it's win or you're eliminated. Or go home, yeah. So like there's like this this um, an intense uh, sense of urgency, and for you to not have an interest in it and just sit back and watch, it's it's pretty great, and oh. especially like uh, like if it just it could be. Uh, there could be days where there's like two or three games and you're just like, oh, you just you, you eat that up, you know, uh, like last year. Uh, I know the Dodgers were involved in one, but we had uh, two game 163s on Monday and then the AL wildcard Tuesday and the NL wildcard Wednesday and then the ALDS started Thursday. So it was like uh, it was just like baseball, 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 baseball. Like It was pretty I, I great. Think the so. highlight for this for me was the 2017 NL wild card where oh, you, the, you gotta watch Rockies the Diamondbacks rider. just bl- yeah. win, but just you know burn everything on the roster to make it happen. Felt good. Well, that that was one of those where like it really shows the, the advantage the one seed mm-hmm. has over the wild card because well, a lot of times the, it's weird because the wild card, uh, a lot of the division winners for the most part they sometimes get a chance to at least align their rotation the way they want. Wildcard might have to go into the final weekend needing to win to get in. So even if they even if they do get to align their rotation, they're going to burn their ace in the wildcard game or give themselves a lesser chance to win if, if they just can't. So 
either way, you're kind of at a pitching um, advantage in in that opening series. So it, it benefits to get that number one seed. Um, like we saw that with that Diamondbacks that year, they they started uh, they started Grinky right, and then uh, and then they had to use Robbie and Ray in relief. Ray, yeah. So like their their top two starters were like couldn't go, and then they they uh, jumped all over the Dodgers jumped all over Taiwan Walker in game one. I believe they used Robbie Ray on, on short, short rest again, and, and yeah. he got bombed. And uh, after like dominating them all year, so like that was like a huge thing. Um, like it just shows you sort of the advantage of that. All right, time to get to the meat of this episode. You and I are going to guess the roster of the NLDS. Uh, to get to that, you need to set some parameters. What are we talking about? How many how many pitchers are we looking at? Uh, how many how many st- starters? Like, we've talked about a little bit. Uh, in the previous week of this episode, but best for you to go over that. How many position players? What what are we looking at here, Eric? Okay, so you mentioned that you know we keep talking. We're we're talking about the NLDS roster. Uh, we sort of it's like it's sort of like a, a microcosm of like uh, when we're in spring training. Uh, what's the opening day roster going to be like? What as if like that sets it in stone for the entire season? It never does because it's like a living thing. Uh, playoff rosters can change after every round. Um, uh, so. And right can now, change interest series uh, due with to an injuries. Injury. Yeah. yeah. So, like, uh, right now, the the first roster that Dodgers are going to set, and it's going to it's only due like 10 a.m. in the city of Game One of the day of Game One. So we probably they they they're usually late on announcing that. We probably will know a little before, but Thursday, uh, October third, we'll get that official info. Um. And that's just going to be for the NLDS. Like we, we talked about, um, well, uh, Alex Verdugo, for instance, he's uh, dealing with a back injury right now. He's been like, not officially, but he, he's been ruled out for the NLDS. He's not playing in that. But the hope is he'll be ready for the NLCS. And then basically it's just the same procedure. If you get to the NLCS, same deal. You don't have to name your roster till the day of. So you could, and it really, sometimes it depend on, depends on matchups. If, if a certain team has like a bunch of lefties uh, in their lineup and you want to add a left-handed pitcher, you could do that. You know, it's all, it's a lot of it's matchup based or maybe you overuse like a reliever or two in the last round. So you sit them in one round, it, it kind of happens. So it, like, like in the regular season, it's a living organism. Um, if a player gets hurt and has to be replaced in the middle of a series, the, the penalty for that is the injured player. Uh, first of all, it has to be approved by the commissioner's office. It rarely isn't. It, it's just, it's pretty straightforward. The only the only stipulation is you have to replace position for position. So, position player for position player or pitcher for a pitcher. So, let's say Rich Hill, for example. We'll get into the the specifics of the roster, but just using him as an example, um, they they add him to the NLDS roster as a hypothetical. And he gets injured like he did in his uh, start in Baltimore. Um, then, so they basically take him out, you know, like game, uh, I guess this would be game four of the NLDS. Uh, they could technically, if they wanted to, if they figure he's not going to be ready for a couple more weeks, they can uh, make him injured and replace him with another pitcher for that series. And then he would be ineligible for the NLCS if they were to advance to the World Series. He could come back then, but just, you know, you, you figure it out when you get there. But uh, that's sort of the the di- dynamics of that. Um, I did look at under Andrew Friedman, uh, he, his first year with the Dodgers was 2015. So they've had nine uh, playoff series since then. 
The first two were the division series in 15 and 16. They used 11 pitchers. Uh, since then, they've used 12 pitchers six out of seven times um, and 13 position players. So the only time they used 11 uh, pitchers and 14 position players was the 2017 NLCS against the Cubs. Um, I actually didn't go back and look at the specific change they did for that because I don't really remember it. But I believe uh, that was when the Cubs were – they're pretty stacked with righties, and the Dodgers, like, uh, kind of owned them. I know they had, like, Rizzo and stuff, but uh, I think they might have dropped a lefty. I don't remember exactly. But anyway – runner, maybe? Yeah, who knows. And yeah. I, plus, Seager was dealing with the thing then, and he was out that, that series. Uh, but it was, it was weird. But um, I, I think maybe that was part of it. They, they like, added Culberson but also needed, like, coverage – otherwise so but yeah but the the bottom line is i think i think we're both in agreement that we're 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 basing this year's nlds roster that they're going to use 12 pitchers especially because as we've talked about this we've i think we've talked about this for like two or three months that game four is potentially going to be like a mess of a bullpen game and and not maybe not have a true starter so they need as much pitching help as they can get so 11 pitchers, even though it's more likely in the division series than the championship series because there's there's no three days in a row, you, I still think they're, they've almost got to have 12 pitchers on hand. So I, that's what – at least that's the roster I made, and I think that's the roster you sort of it is. Uh, have as well. So, yeah, we're, we're, so we're dealing with 13 position players, 12 pitchers, and that's sort of the roster we're going to predict. And we're going to do, I feel, I'm going to feel like a TV host here. And we're going to do that after the break. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, we're going to get right into it. Uh, how I thought you want to start with pitching or position players? Let's go with position players because I, I think that's the, the lockiest group. Yeah, I, there's a couple names. There's a few names I think it will be fun to talk about. But so I have 11 names. I have not, yeah, I have nine names that are just like, I don't even want to talk about it except for like one injury question I had for you. And then yeah. I have two names of struggling players that are almost certainly going to make it. And then I have the next two that I think are locked at this point. Um, but, you know, someone might make an argument for someone else. So you want me to just read yeah. off, go from kind of roughly an order of confidence I have to down? Yeah, sure. Okay, so this is not exactly in that order because I have Will Smith first, and that's just because I was starting with catchers. But right. uh, Will Smith, Russell Martin, mm -hmm. Cody Bellinger, yep. Max Muncy. Wait, you sure? <laughs> uh, Seeger. 
Yep. Uh, Justin Turner. So we'll stop here real quick. Is there yes. any chance he's not actually healthy? Uh, the the general rule is like they're always underselling the injuries. So like <laughs> right. like they're oh he, you know if this was a regular if this was it's a, a flesh wound, important game he would yeah he'd be fine. So like you tend to like all right he's but he's he's hurt but like I I mean I think it would take a lot to like not have him on the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, so and he's gonna need to be able to play um, some of these last nine games. You know, he might only need a few of those, but it, it's getting to the point where, so we're at, um, what is it? He injured himself Saturday. So he has missed nine games now uh, with the ankle injury. Um, I'm not sure of his status for the Rockies uh, series. Uh, by the time you hear this, you'll know. But um, and then they go on the road. So I, I would imagine he's going to play some on the road trip just to get ready. But, yeah, I think it would be a surprise if he's off. But, like, you know, you, you, you never know. Uh, but I think I have him on because and, and, I'm, I'm also assuming he's And we're going to talk about relatively... depth, like who, who, who we would mm-hmm. add should not just Justin Turner, but anyone, anyone <clears throat> be hurt. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Jock Peterson. Yep. AJ Pollock. Yep. David Freeze. Yes. So those are my nine. Don't even need to talk about really anything. And then, yeah, and, and those are pretty obvious. Yeah. Like I think everyone would agree. So the next two names I want to talk about again, I think, are basically locks to make the roster, but have been struggling a little bit late. So I want to just talk about them a little bit, and that's um, Taylor. Yeah. And Hernandez. Ta- yeah. So I, I both are like no question locks for yes. me. I think I, this- I, I agree. In terms of what I think will make the roster, but I think it's worth talking about them a little bit. Well, like, yeah, like, so, yeah, Kiki is, like, not hitting at all in September. Correct. I get it. And so, but, like, he, he's, like, um, their best sort of defensive, like, uh, jack-of-all-trades, you know? Um, so, like, and uh, they still like him against the lefties. Yeah. So They're both very similar in that regard, where even when they're one – they they've sh- they've shown consistent success and the ability to break through slumps and two the defensive flexibility of both players just makes them so valuable right and like i think you see you'll see and and we'll talk about this one in a second when we sort of finalize the 13 but uh even if their role is only off the bench like i mean they're i think they're clearly going to be on but like it uh if turner's back uh and you know, that's that's like one less spot for them to play because for both of them, their best sort of avenue for regular playing time is second base. And we'll get into it. We'll do it now. Gavin Lux is making this roster, right? There's no question. Like he's he's their second baseman right now. Um, Unbelievable. Like right. they, the Dodgers do this every single year, but this was the the longest they've gone. Well, no, Corey Seager, uh, previous example where this has yeah. happened. Um, yeah. But so many of the other times, it'll be a September call up that just blows us away and goes, "Well, I guess you're making the roster." Uh, but in very similar Corey Seager fashion, they said, "You're up and you're the man. You're making this roster, and we're going to make it pretty clear to everyone watching that that's the case." Right, and so part of it, I, uh, it, I'm well. I don't. I don't think it was necessarily Turner's injury, but it was definitely like Muncie's injury mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. like, all of a sudden they're like, "Oh man, we don't, we don't like." Because Muncie was playing a lot of second base, 
and now they're like, okay, like Cr- now we and actually credit have a to the YouTube broadcast. They had um, Andrew Friedman in the in the yeah. booth, and they asked him very. Oh, I, think right. it, I think it was Nomar, point blank. It might have been the play by play answer. Um, if Max Muncy doesn't get hurt, does Gavin Lux make this roster? And he was him and Hod and said probably, but but it certainly kind of was the final like let's just do this. Right, exactly, and it's sort of like they just and uh, the so you look at the numbers like he uh, Lux has been up for fourteen games, uh, ten ten games against the righties. He started all ten. They play they're playing the Rockies, who are starting all three righties this weekend. I would be surprised if he doesn't start all three, just given how they've used him so far. He started once against lefties. That was a, a a game in Baltimore where they also had the DH and they also had like two injury scratches that day. I think that's when they were still sort of not sure on Turner and they had him in the lineup and they scratched him. And I think Taylor was also scratched that game. I don't remember the specifics, but um, but he's also played in all four of those games eventually against lefties. Um, you know, he got into the game later. So like he's a part of the team. Like he's – so I, I just for – I mean, I, I actually listed only 12 locks, but uh, he was the 12th. I mean, well, not the 12th, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever that's order, what I, he was one of the 12. In your notes, you had a question mark next to 12, and that's what I was figuring. Uh, yeah. Uh, glad I figured that out. But, I mean, like, you're right, because, like, it's just a matter it, to talk it through. And it's one of those, like, this is not us going, well, well, he's, the, you know, their top prospect. Like, they have to give him a shot. This is more like looking at how they've used him and just, like, seeing mm-hmm. the obvious mm-hmm. that, like, He's their second baseman right now, especially he's going to start like every game against righties. I think that's the thing. And so like, uh, and then you know, when they, you know, assuming mo- like m- most teams bullpen is fairly righty dominant, he's going to come into the game once they go to the bullpen and probably stick around. <clears throat> this isn't probably just right. a pinch inning, uh, situation. And so, yeah, if you look like, let's especially like, let's talk about this NLDS, like the Dodgers won't know who they play until that, like two days before the, the series. But like the the Nationals, Patrick Corbin's left-handed, but they have uh, Scherzer and Strasburg before him and every other starter on their staff. I would imagine Anibal Sanchez would get a game four start if they use a four-man rotation. Um, so like four out of the five games of that series is righty starters. So Lux is starting those four, I think. And then getting back into the um, Taylor uh, and Kike thing, um, I think that with Turner back, it gives them the option to then use, like, um, against the lefty starter, they could do uh, Muncie at second that game because they they don't really platoon him. Uh, And so uh, it gives the – if they put him at second, they could put, like, David Freeze at first instead of Muncie at first it gives Freeze at best because he kills lefties. There's no um, way they're not doing that. <laughs> right. So like yeah. I mean so that's sort of the plan. And so you look and then you look, it's like maybe that's the game where uh then you get one of Taylor or Kike starting for Jock in the outfield, because Bellinger and Pollock are basically playing. I would imagine there might be uh, one game per series, maybe that Pollock doesn't start, maybe. Mm-hmm. But it, it could be a situation where he gets hot like he was for like a month and a half after the all-star break. Um and he just starts. But uh, so but basically, that's sort of their avenue to playing time. But yeah, I mean, that's that. I think that's where they're at. So I, I'm very confident in those twelve, and pretty confident in the thirteenth as well. And the thirteenth is has to be Matt Beatty, right? Right. Uh, yeah. So, um, so I looked at this. Um, we were both talking about this before the um, before we recorded. Uh, if you just it, this is not like a, a giveaway or anything, but just look at how the the 
the Dodgers have used their players in September. Um, a lot of it, especially we'll get to the pitching side. The pitching side has been a lot of tryout type stuff. Mm-hmm. With the with the position player side, it's more like this is these are our group and like this is who's getting playing time. Um, so like uh, I mentioned, this there's been 15 games uh, through uh, the Rays series for the Dodgers in September. Uh, 123 offensive starts. They had the three games with the DH in in Baltimore. So uh, 120 of the 123 starts have been taken by our top 13, and Beatty's also my 13th. Uh, Beatty started eight times. The only other people to start games were Jed Jericho twice and Austin Barnes once. If you go by excuse me, if you go by plate appearances, Matt Beatty has 38 plate appearances in September. The next highest, uh, like the 14th basically is um jed jerko with 14 um and then and then it goes down to oh man i'm missing where's edwin rios oh, say it's probably oh, edwin rios right oh, oh, okay no because he's actually hitting so his, his like oh, he has like a home run yeah. so yeah he, he's he, he's had six plate appearances austin barnes had three um christopher negron had five um <clears throat> then so if you want to also get more specific like who have they used as a pinch hitter so um uh let's see did it uh, oh yeah september pinch hitting plate appearances matt Beatty seven times jed jerko six so like and then edwin rios five he's filled in a lot as a lefty so <clears throat> i don't there's unless Beatty's hurt like he's taking that lefty pinch hitting spot uh, over rios and the only the other we talked about like if turner's hurt or if something were to happen to one of the other players I think they'd probably go with Jerko, um, especially if it's like a Turner thing, because they they can they have guys who could play sort of all over, and he could play like first, second, or third, you know, in, if they had to. Uh, so I think they'd be comfortable with him. So essentially, like Jed Jerko is like the fourteenth guy, and it, it like sort of if someone's, um, you know, not ready. Yeah, no, I think we're on the same page. I, the only thing that I wanted to kind of um, get your get your thoughts on was is there any chance that uh, the ro- the ro- uh, the matchup gets set excuse me mm-hmm. and they look at some sort of matchup situation where with cool. it's Jed Jerko's history against a you know a lead starter um, is that at all possible Jed Jerko takes the spot and surprises us honestly like I haven't looked at it that in depth but I, I would be surprised like. Um, just because of the makeup of the bench, like if you look at it, like freeze is, is only starting like that one game against lefties or whatever, or maybe it's depends who they face. So your, your bench is like, it's going to be righty, righty, righty. Um, and, and then another righty in the catcher. So I was like Taylor and Kike, uh, on a normal night, right. Against a right-handed starter, your bench is. Is Taylor, Kike, um, David Freeze, and then Russell Martin. So that's four righties. So you have. I think you need a lefty. Um, so I think it, it wouldn't if if they're like if that were to come up, like uh, that would be a tough ask. Like uh, they, it would maybe he'd. It would be like more like um, maybe like Kike's ankle is hurting him, and then you look at the matchups and you're like, do we take Jerko or? Rios or something like that, but yeah, uh, it would be tough. Like I can't see him like taking a spot just because of like just because of something where he's like 
where he's like 10 for 15 against a guy or something because that seems like far-fetched. I could, and I could, similar to what you're saying, I could see um, either Jergo Rios kind of being the next man up in case of an injury. The only other name to bring up would be Austin Barnes in case if one of the catchers was hurt. Other than that, I don't see anyone else making this roster as a position player. Do you? No, I, I, I outside I, I, of like a catastrophe, multiple injuries, whatever, like that. Yeah, like Christopher Negron will would be like, but like they just have so many other parts. Like, uh, I don't think he's going to make it. I think it would be the, one of those situations they'll have the the so called stay hot camp uh, in Arizona mm-hmm, where a bunch yes. of these guys will go. But I I would imagine they would probably take Austin Barnes with them. To like be in all the catchers meetings, and they probably, I, I would imagine, like Jericho is probably going to stay with the team too. Just a guess. I, I'm. Uh, I would throw but, Rios in there as well. Maybe. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. But it, it could be one of those things where like they just stash him in Arizona and have him totally. just keep hitting for yeah. a while. Uh, so yeah, but I, I think that's that's kind of where we're at position player wise. Last question I had for you: with position players before we move on the pitcher is. What the catching starting situation is? Is it going to go kind of what they've been doing the regular season, where it's kind of a two to one, or do you think Will Smith is basically going to be starting all these games? Uh, no, uh, Martin will start a few, okay. and I think I think too. Like, I guess it depends. I don't know if Reuse like says said this privately or not, but uh, and it's only like a few games that that were were his bad starts, but. With, they were like with Smith behind the plate, and he and he had the really good game in New York with Martin behind the plate. Not that that was the sole reason, but uh, if that's that's your sort of avenue to get Martin in there, like, uh, and if it makes Ryu more comfortable, and like again, I don't know if he's like pub, pub privately stated this or whatever, but um, I think like he'll probably start like once a series, basically, okay. maybe maybe in a seven game series, maybe twice with like Ryu. Okay, basically, that's all right. Pitchers, you ready? Yes. All right. Same thing as last time. I've got kind of three tiers here. Yeah. Uh, first tier, tier, people I don't really need even, I think, need to talk about. Clayton sure. Kershaw. Mm, all right. Ryu. Yep. Bueller. Yep. And I think in that order, this. So, again, you'll be listening to this on uh, Tuesday after the Rocky series is over. We'll almost certainly know uh, some semblance of the final week rotation at this point, but over the weekend, they will have played pitched in this order, Kershaw, Ryu, Bueller. And we sort of talked about this, unless they sort of make a change pretty quickly here, I think that's going to be the order they use for the postseason. Uh, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's no <laughs> like, like, Oh man, sorry, Ryu, you had those tough four starts in a row. We're going to sit you until the NLCS. <laughs> like, a, I don't think that's going to happen. Jansen. Uh, yes. As, as like, Despite uh, what Twitter thinks, right? Exactly. Yeah, they're not. They're not put uh, 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 like sending him to Siberia. In fact, um, I w- I meant to go. I didn't actually transcribe from the post game last night, but it was like uh, I, f- I forgot who asked the question. I think specifically to Dave Roberts was like, "What would it take to actually like like remove Kenley from the closer's position?" And Roberts is basically saying, "No, we like the way he's throwing." Like we're not there now, or I, I, it was pretty like not adamant, but like pretty clear that like they're not that's not even in their mind. So like any thought of like there, there, there's no there's no way unless he's hurt, which I don't think he is. Um, they're not going to be like you know we're just going to sit you out this this time. So it's not only that he's 
definitely going to be on the roster. It's that he's still the closer, and they're just going to ride it. Now, there's, there might be situations that arise where maybe he's uh, maybe he pitched the night before, and something comes up where they feel like maybe the matchup is better for like a Urias or uh, someone else to close a game, but he's clearly going to be like the main closer and it would be situation based. Uh, we've seen this like postseason series can go wonky and it really depends on who's available each night. So, uh, but yeah, I think number one option, everybody ready. Uh, he's their closer until he's not basically. Kelly. Yeah. He's one of the sort of the, the bullpen triumvirate with the next guy you're going to mention, I'm imagining. Uh, it's almost a quad at this point. Pedro Baez. Yeah. So those are we're at six. We're at six right now. Uh, Urias. Yes. And Urias is going to get included in the later group I have, which is the lawn guys. Um, but yeah. he's kind of the lock of that group. Yeah. Um, and then next in my my lock is Choleric. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, so yeah. Yeah, he's done really well. Your uh, role, I think that's very important here because the next group we're going to talk about, they're like, "Well, are you going to start? Are you an opener? Are you giving us two innings? Are you giving us five? It's kind of up in the air. Well, because now it's like because uh, next year it's again one of those things that they haven't officially approved yet. But next year they're going to go to the minimum three batters thing for relievers, and all of a sudden they're going to be like, oh, "Okay, we have to rethink this." But right <laughs> as of now, that's not a rule. So Choleric is their loogie. Um, they, I think it's, uh, he's been in 22 games with the Dodgers and 12 times he's faced one batter. So, and it was something like 22 games and like 41 or 42 batters face. So he has a very clear role and he's doing well against lefties. He gets a shitload of ground balls. We're already explicit. What the hell? <laughs> um, he, and, and he does really well against lefties. So like, that's his role. And like, they need a lefty, especially because that's not really how they use Urias. Um, he's more of the like more of a, a yeah, setup now and then, guy. Now and then they'll guy. use him, and they're like, okay, right. this long stretch of mostly lefties will bring him in because of that, but not the like. Let's get these one or two guys out. Yeah, and so like just to have you have to have a designated lefty who's there because he's lefty, and and it's I think Cleric has a very clear role, so he's he's definitely a lock. So we're at eight. We're at eight, and you told me you had ten locks. Ten, easy. And I'm. This is the one spot where I'm interested to see if I got it right or not. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I, this could be a thing where my perception of a pitcher, because I didn't look up the stats, I think probably as closely as you did, <laughs> is is one way, and I was I'm just way wrong, and there's someone else that I'm not listing that should be a lock. Yeah. Um, but you ready? Let's see yes. if that's right. Gonsolin. No, he's not no. one of my locks. Okay, all right. I, I figured. I figured I got one. Uh, Russ Stripling. He is a lock, and okay. that is straight out of the mouth of Dave Roberts. Uh, yeah. He mentioned. <laughs> he said that on Tuesday, uh, and like specifically mentioned that Strip, Stripling would be in the postseason bullpen. So I'm clearly so, a fool here because I'm missing a name that should be in here, and I'm yeah, sure you're going to tell me I'm going to think either I'm an I, idiot or that you're on. I think you're on about Gonsolin. I think it's a lock. I will. I, there's he's he's likely, but not. I don't think he's a lock. Okay. Um, but uh, I will say same thing for Gonsolin, in that Roberts did not say he's on the playoff roster, but he said, did say if if he makes the roster, it would be in relief, and so that's why they did they did switcheroos both Tuesday and Wednesday. They were going to start Stripling and Gonsolin in those games, and they ended up starting. Um, uh, what? 
Casey Sadler did the second game. I don't remember who they started in the first game, but it's like kind of irrelevant because it was just, you know, opener stuff. But, um, and okay. to get them sort of the experience of coming in relief. So I, right. I do think Gonson's likely, but you want to know the name you missed? Uh, no, you know, I do, but after this commercial break. Ooh. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That's two teases an episode. I don't think I've done an actual tease in the history of the we brought ad breaks back, which are pays for our editor. Yay. Yay. Hi, Love these commercials because of that. Uh, but, but yeah. Um, so what name am I missing? Okay. So we have nine, uh, you know. I have um, 10. I'm happy with right, my 10. Right. So I would say we have nine shared locks at this yes. point. And so my 10th name, and I think you're going to kick yourself, Okay, is a little guy uh, by the name of Kenta Maeda. <laughs> yeah, okay. No. I, have this li- I have a list literally right. seven long below this and just didn't list Kenta. Yeah, right. No, and that, obviously, that's sort of, obviously a super lock. I, I am a fool. No, but it's <laughs> one of those things like you, you sort of think about it like... An, and Yeah, I didn't list him as he, a starter. He, <laughs> like, he's, so. the, he's the forgotten guy. Like yeah. that's, that's his sort of role, right? He has this I incentive. Love Kenta. I can't believe I forgot him. Yeah, and Will Ireton's back too, so he's got he's got the power. Uh, so uh, yeah, Kenta Maeda start incentive laden contract with all sorts of stuff for starts and innings, and he's always finishes the year in the bullpen. The forgotten man, Kenta Maeda. Man, I feel uh, so. So so ten shared locks at this point. I will say that like uh, if I had to actually pick a twenty five man roster. Gonsolin would be one of the other two pitchers. Okay. Uh, oh man, so this gets I think way harder now. <laughs> I think all right. Uh, so I think I right. So I think we're in the. I must have been looking at reliever numbers and just Kenta didn't have enough or something like that. His ERA is like five in September or yeah, something. It's, and, it's, and, it's, and it's and it's like based on like you know nine innings or something crazy. Okay. So so, uh, so could this be a thing? And so man, I I can't believe I'm doubting myself here. I don't want right. to be doubting myself. But could this be a thing where if Rich Hill makes the roster, maybe that's what makes Gonsolin not make it, or would they just say uh, no? More the more lawn arms, the better. I, I well again, assuming Rich okay. Hill's a lawn arm. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing. Like, we don't know. Like, so Rich, Rich Hill is going to apparently start on Tuesday in San Diego. Uh, the day you're listening to this, congratulations. Possibly you're listening to this Monday night, but it's the next game after. I'll be at that game. You're listening. Oh, so nice. So yeah. you better get there early <laughs> if you want to see Rich Hill. Um, so um, there's just no time for him to build up. But just to have him, if he could go two innings regularly, maybe three, like that's ideal, I think, right now for Rich Hill, like a best case scenario, um, like in the playoffs. I mean, just for him to build up to that. Um, 
so we'll see. He's got a knee thing. They, they, the MRI revealed uh, nothing, no structural da- damage, I guess. I have hiccups. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, he, I think like it's one of those things where we talked about the injury exception thing, and I mentioned Rich Hill specifically. I think Hill is going to like somehow force his way on unless, unless he's like, just like medically not ready. They wouldn't, they wouldn't put him on for that. But like, I think he makes his way on and then they'll have their guy to start game four. But Dave Roberts has talked about this multiple times. Basically like game four is, it's basically going to be unconventional. He's like, we, and look, we, we've sort of been, I think on the pretty good spot ahead of the curve on this, or at least right on it. Uh, for the better part of three months, we, like we, you and I about both it. have for a while, but you beat me to it. You you've called this two months ago, and I thought you were a little well. Off, it it was odd, it, on. but it was odd just because, like you know, you just sort of you know, that's a lot a lot of time for them to find a fourth starter. Right, like, no, we're right. not even going to try. <laughs> this is what we're going to well, do. And I think it was sort of it was even more clear, like after the trade deadline, when they not only didn't trade for like relievers, they traded for Adam Kalerik, but. Uh, they didn't even trade for like a starter. I figured if they traded for a starter, then then it was like very like you know, say they had got out and got like Noah Syndergaard or something, then it's obvious what they're doing. But then like once they didn't do that, it's like oh okay, they're they're gonna they're gonna go with like a, a cavalcade of arms to fill in all the other innings for the top from outside of the top three. But then it's like oh they didn't really add many guys, and then then it was like oh they have faith in their rookies. Uh, seeing if Gonsolin or Dustin May can step into one of those roles. And, you know, like it, Hill, adding Hill, it like, it, I mean, it makes it like impossible. Not, I don't know if impossible is the right word, but just from a numbers standpoint, you can't have Gonsolin and May on the team, mm-hmm. uh, on the roster. If we, if we, you know, have our 10 locks, and I think those are pretty, uh, like, pretty standard like i think pretty it seems like how they've sort of used guys um so like if hill makes the roster obviously one of gonsolin or may is out may's done better his last like three or four outings like in relief he had a rough transition but i mean he'd literally never done it before so that's sort of why they did it early um to get him used to that so who knows um his uh, I was so I looked at like none of this means a ton because they had weird games, but like I just looked at average leverage index. So the baseball reference uh, quantifies leverage like any if it if it's one point zero, it's like um, uh, average. Anything above one is a, a high leverage situation. So like late game tied or up one or whatever, that's high leverage. If it's like you know middle of the game up nine, it's very low leverage. Dustin May of our like group of guys who we haven't mentioned yet, I'm including Gonsolin in this group for now. Uh, May's at highest or his average leverage index is 1.6. It's the highest. Um, his last two games, he's coming in the seventh inning. Uh, it was down one one night and up one the next night. So he pitched two innings in relief, setting up Jansen on Wednesday. That was a bullpen game, so it was weird. But like that was a late relief with the lead. Um, so, and he looked pretty good. And so I'm not saying like that, like he's going to make the roster because of that, but it's possible. But I, I think you're right though, in that we've talked about, so these guys being bulk, like Maeda can be both. So like, I think like if Hill is not ready, I think, I just don't know who, I think Gonsolin is the, the best choice probably to start a game four for them. 
And just how, if, and if, again, kind of going to what you've been saying, like yeah. how they've been using him. Uh, Stripling and Gonsolin seem to be, be the guys they're more like kind of giving the starts to. I'm looking this up now. Um, yeah. Justin May has uh, 40 played appearances as a reliever to Gonsolin's nine. Um, Justin May's number as a reliever, not very good. Uh, I, uh, 0.4 on base percentage. And that's just, that's kind of where I was coming for, at from. They seem to be showing, to me at least, giving the roles of the players they of confidence to Gonsolin. And that's that's what spoke to me. And he didn't mess around with his chances. Didn't, it hasn't looked phenomenal per se, but it's looked to me good enough to where he would get that nod, especially in that Rich Hill can't start, Rich Hill isn't good to go role. Right. And Strip, uh, the fact that Robert said Stripling would be in relief, he's been he's an easy three innings guy, though. Like, he could go three at, you know, two or three innings at mm-hmm. the drop of a hat. So, like, uh, I think he's definitely, like, if not the second guy in, the, the first guy, uh, first reliever uh, using a clean inning uh, after the starter or something, uh, or the opener, if, if it were. Uh, so, I think, like, Gonsolin, I will say this, he he was going to start Wednesday, and his plan was to go four innings as a, a bolt guy, and he only lasted two just because he mm-hmm. wasn't pitching very well. He gave up yeah. a couple runs, and he had a high pitch count. So that's sort of the risk, the risky run there. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be one of Gonsolin or May. And I think, I, I, guess, I guess if Rich Hill doesn't make it, like Gonsolin's on for sure. If I had to pick a... Um, uh, twelve man, uh, pitching staff or like the other two names. My other two names would be Hill and Gonsolin right now, but like May is right there. We talked about Kolarik as the lefty, and what if they, what if they're adamant like we want to have another lefty? Yep. Like that's where Caleb Ferguson steps in. He's been up and down too. Like it. right, the the names that like like Dylan Flores another name. He was hurt for a while. He was in the minors for a little bit. They haven't used him a ton. His average, his leverage index this month, six games only, is 0.98. So he's basically average leverage. The, the last couple of games have been a little bit higher. Um, so he could be like sort of a rookie as well. He's a, he's more of a ground ball guy. So sort of the the right handed choleric, but like you know a little more well rounded. Um, but I think those guys are long shots. Um, and then, like, yeah, Jimmy Garcia Ferguson was the name where I yeah. you brought the name I was going to bring it up next. But just on Ferguson, yeah. real quick, yes, that kind of thing is, I think, the thing that has we've been doing these roster guesses, I think, for seven years now. Right. Uh, I think that the Dodgers front office surprising us by their preference for some sort of handiness matchup thing is the yeah. thing that surprises us the more. So Ferguson to me is not a long shot. Like he is, oh, I, yeah. right there in the running. He's um, like, if they want another lefty, he's the guy. Like, yeah. that's just like that's And I think how... the other name you you're about to talk about, Yumi Garcia, they they have consistently wanted to show <laughs> have him show us stuff. Um, they see yeah. something, and you know, I it, it was for a little bit that I don't see. Uh, and the broadcasts have been picking up on this. He has been really. If you don't look at the home run number, right? He's been phenomenal. Well, that's, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, it, it's a weird thing and to that say must out be loud. What they see, yeah, right. And it's like it's like he has like pretty good numbers except for the home runs it's like it, it was sort of joking well, I mean, about it like the home runs <laughs> right but it's like you know like uh, our american cousin was a really great play great performance that night oh except for the abraham lincoln <laughs> getting assassinated part like uh but like 
yeah, they've used Yimmy the lowest amount of leverage, like of all these guys. Um, he's average 0.71. Um, so like, I don't see him making it. He's, he's also stuck with the team all year cause he's out of options and you always sort of need guys to beat innings at times. But, um, so that's part of it. Uh, but I would be surprised if he makes it, I'd be surprised if Sadler makes it. I think Floro is a long shot. So we're basically down to Gonsolin, May, Ferguson, uh, Sadler? no, Sadler's okay. lost. I think Sadler's lost a long. So it's like Gonsolin, May, Ferguson, Hill for two spots. That, yep. That's how I sort that of see it. Right. And but like I said, if I'm guessing, if Hill's not uh, medically like out, then it's yeah, I think it's him and Gonsolin. If Hill's in, then that's the ser- the scenario where I could see like uh, Gonsolin Ferguson because let's say Hill is only ready, but he can only go like one or two innings. Maybe he's sort of a lefty guy. Not that he's mm, like a loogie, but right. like it, it could be a matchup guy. If he, if it's in an inning worth like, you know, three out of four this lefties coming up or Rich two Hill's out of three. Next decade of his career. <laughs> right. He's going to, he's going to be like uh Tony Fossus or whatever, who the, for the A's or so, or he's going to have Rick Honeycutt's like back end of his career. That'd be fun. Um, yeah. So I think that's where we're at. Um, and then, so, I guess the only other question on the pitching staff is who starts game four. So I think if um, if it's if Hill is on the roster, I think he starts game four. And then they just go with him as long as he can go. And then you fill in Gonsolin or Stripling after. If it's one of those things, we've seen this, like if, it's, if Hill is through like an inning and two-thirds, but then he starts to falter, then you bring in like um, – I don't know. You you could bring in at that point, like, uh, you know, Pedro Baez. That's too early for him. But, like, they'll bring in someone to get, like, the last out of the inning. And then they'll bring in, like, uh, a bulk guy, like a Stripling or a Gonsolin. Or Urias. I think you could also get that. Yeah, like, you could do Urias for, like, an inning and a third. And then you go uh, Stripling for three or something. And then just get through it that way and figure it out. And then if he's not on the roster, it's um, and they could could do an opener thing, right? Where they like there's some matchup reason they're gonna they're right. gonna start with one of their shorter guys. But I think your first bulk guy. It, do you, do you think it's Stripling? Or do you think it's Gonsolin? Uh, if, it, if Hill can't go, I think and it, like it, nominally it probably doesn't matter. But <laughs> I think the first the first bulk guy is probably Gonsolin. That's what I think too. Because I think they like the ability to. Uh, you could also use Stripling as a uh, one night if, if you might need him as the sixth inning setup mm. guy or something like random sure. like that. So, and I think they're more likely to use him there than Gonsolin. Um, so they'd save Gonsolin for like a, a, a three inning outing or a four inning outing or something like that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's that's going to be sort of the question. It, it's it's going to be like fascinating how they get there because. Man, uh, it's going to be intense, um, and like you know, the, every move is going to be scrutinized. Like, why did they take them? It's just going to be hell, like from that standpoint. But it's going to be very interesting to see how they sort of uh, get through it. Well, you and I both texted Craig uh, before that we recorded uh, this odd odd night, and he came through. So it's time for questions from Craig. These are short questions. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, gonna knock it out. It's already been a long episode, Eric. So, 
Yep. What are better odds? Jed Jerko hitting his first home run or Matt Beattie hitting his 10th home run this season? Uh, okay, so we have nine games left when we're recording this. Uh, I like Beatty's chances, given what we talked about earlier with getting a little bit more September playing time than Jerko um, and Beatty's do. And we it would give the Dodgers uh, 12 players with 10 home runs. So I like those odds. I believe they use a different baseball for the postseason. If it's tapered down a bit, which World Series contender would be most affected positively and negatively? I was thinking about that. Like, I know, like, the complaints in the past was, like, that the ball was too slick uh, in the postseason, like, compared to the regular season, and it was harder. But I think, like, that's kind of the ball they're using this year. So, like, in a weird way, like, the that's one of the things is, like, um, the seams are off, but also the, the ball is, like, a little bit slicker, and it affects, the, like, aerodynamics of it. But it's harder to grip, like, a curveball or something like that. So, um I don't know, like, I, you, well, you know, it affects the way the ball travels, for one, but, like, I figure it would affect uh, pitchers who throw, like, less fastballs, maybe, I don't know, I'm not even sure how it affects the spin rate, I haven't actually seen the studies, but, like, I'm not sure the ball this postseason is going to be, like, that dramatically different from what they've been using, because it has been such a, such a weird ball this year. Jacob, this is for me. Yay. With Star Wars Episode Nine coming out in December, do you re- recommend watching the prior eight beforehand? And what is your order of watching them? So there's the machete order where you go uh, A New Hope and then the prequels and then Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Uh, but that's really for like watching it as a narrative arc, and it's especially a good order if you're showing, say, a, a child for the first time because it keeps the the twist that Darth Vader is Anakin uh, to the end. Spoiler alert. Well, um, <laughs> it, but if you've already seen it and you're just kind of refreshing your memory, I would go in chronological order. And in terms of the prequels, I, I don't watch the prequels. Uh, every Before episodes seven and eight, I rewatched. Uh, for seven, it was um, four, five, and six. Uh, for uh, before eight came out, I watched um, Rogue One and then four, five, six, and seven. I really recommend that R- the transition from Rogue One into New Hope uh, really made me reappreciate Rogue One after I saw it the second time. So I would recommend that. Start with Rogue One. I really, really liked it. I like it a lot more upon repeat viewing, and then just go in chronological order. I like that. I'm for sure gonna see. Um... Number nine. I will be seeing it opening night as early as I can, and then I will be at a late night Christmas huh. Eve service at the El Capitan. If anyone nice. wanted to come hang out with my family and I, that's pretty cool. I, I would say this: I'm not going to watch any of the other movies beforehand. Uh, I would. Can, I. I, you I should. should. I should do, watch do it like Rogue the week one. before. Well, like I haven't seen Rogue One, and I it's 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 a it's a. It's my fault. I, I, need I to see liked it, I know it I didn't love it in theaters. And, yeah. But like I said, on that second viewing, I really, really appreciated it more. Liked it a but, lot. But it's one of those, like, I know what I'm getting into. I'm, I don't need to see the other movies. So. No, no, no. And, I don't and, think and, you have to watch these. But, but I, I, think I know. It will make you appreciate, I think it will make you appreciate the older ones more than it will make you appreciate the new one. I, and take a week. Do one a day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. I, I like your suggestion of, of going. I would go as far as watching Rogue One followed by A New Hope just to sort of get that little oh, dynamic that's there. Great. That's kind of cool. However, I will never watch Return of the Jedi again because Ewoks are dumb. No. <laughs> Return of the Jedi was my favorite basically through 
most of my life. And then I switched to a no hope um, sometime in college. A lot of Yoda action, so it's not yeah. bad. How many Dodgers will get rookie of the year votes and what is the highest place any of them will finish? So I feel bad on this because it's a legitimate question, but like the answer is absolutely none of them. Um, How deep do so, they go? 10 deep on the vote? Three deep. Three? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really? Oh, yeah, right, right. They, and then they, 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 after three, they list them out. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, they, well, there's, if you're, there's, if you don't, you don't, people only vote for three. So like, right. It's a five, five, three, one voting. But then at the up. end, you get that giant list that includes anyone that got the third place vote. Yeah. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like, I don't think anyone's getting a, no. uh, it's a third it's a, place it's vote. It's a deep class this year. Right. So I, so I, w- I went through this, like, um, the MVP is the one that I know. There's some dumb it's... voters though, for these awards, Eric, Verdugo well, could randomly snag one. So he he could, except he's also hasn't played since like August four. I, I, I know. So like that killed him, and so that's what what like I think it was a great race between Tatis and Peter Alonso, um, but then Tatis got hurt. So like it's it's like if Alonso's going to be probably unanimous. I mean, it, he should be unanimous at this point. He's going to end up with fifty or more home runs. Um, so it's going to be Alonso. Tatis is going to get a lot of votes. And then, and like, so you have like Mike Soroka for the Braves, who's like in the like ERA race, and like they're going to be the second best team in the National League, and he's been their best pitcher. So he, that's like a clear top three. But then, even before you get to Dodgers, you have Brian Reynolds on the Pirates, currently hitting 320, and he has a full season of at bats. Victor Robles has even more like play, playing time than, um, than Reynolds, and he hasn't hit as well, but he has a full season of numbers. Like he actually has higher Fangraphs WAR than uh, Verdugo, even though Verdugo's like rate hitting stats are a little better. Um, but Robles has uh, two hundred and three more plate appearances. He has more bulk numbers, so I think more people would vote for him. Uh, they'd vote for Brian Reynolds, and then you look at if you want to go like a, a, a really strong rate rookie, uh, Keston Hira for the Braves. He has a 140 WRC plus, and that's only behind uh, Tatis and Alonso among rookies. So, um, and right now, here is only he's 73 plate appearances behind Verdugo. He's gonna like shave half that distance. So he's he's gonna get votes over Verdugo. So like you see, like Verdugo, Matt Beatty would be the only two, but like no one's gonna vote for those guys because it only goes three deep. So while they've been impressive, the whole Dodgers rookies as a whole, like they're just there's no way. I mean, look, they they could get a straggling third place vote, but like it's uh, yeah, I was trying to think what odds I would have to lay you before this felt equitable. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> it, it, you're right. I think it's very unlikely outside of that one stray random homer vote that happens so, more often than it should in these baseball awards. Okay, so I'll say this. So last year was pretty clear, too. It was the Acuna and Juan Soto. So, like, they were, like, the clear one, too. And then Walker Bueller was, like, the clear third. And so uh, Acuna was – he got 27 first-place votes. He was named on all 30. Um, Soto was named on 29 of 30 ballots. He had 26 second-place votes. Bueller was named on – he was 20 uh, – he had a first-place vote. He had a second-place vote and 20 third-place votes. But there were still uh, 10 other people who got third – or 10 other votes for uh, – or no, sorry, nine other votes, that third-place votes for guys. So Brian Anderson got four. Jack Flaherty got two. And then Harrison Bader, Yoshi, uh, 
Yoshihisa Hirano with the Diamondbacks got a vote. So, like, yeah, there could be a straggler vote, but it, it's going to be a hard case. So I, I don't think any of them get votes. Okay. Last question, as as become tradition, is a food question. If you could choose your birthday cake, what would it be? Craig likes a simple chocolate cake with frosting. That's a good choice. Uh, I am not a big chocolate guy, I, but I, I wouldn't turn down. I wouldn't turn down a chocolate cake. Uh, like my my sort of, I was thinking about this, and I wanted to say, can can we go cheesecake? Does that count? I don't think it counts. I would let but, you uh, answer your question with cheesecake, but I don't think it counts. Right. So I, I'm. I would probably, if I if I was given that option, I would choose cheesecake. But um, Just plain I like cheesecake? A, anything fancy going on there. Uh, no, no, plain is <laughs> wow. fine. Plain yeah, yeah, answer. like it. I, I think it, the standard is graham cracker crust, right? For cheesecake, is that sure. like? I think the so as long as that. it had that, I think okay. I think you're fine. Uh, I I might put some strawberries on it, but um, okay. So I would say probably a simple, just like a vanilla or a lemon cake with like a very. Uh, a pretty plain frosting. Like I, I'm not a big cake guy. It's weird. Like Ugh. so. Uh, I'm yeah, firmly in the cake camp when it comes to pie v cake. So. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not. I don't. I don't really like put. I don't think they have to like fight. You know, <laughs> I, I, I would help. not. I would not turn down cake. Uh, but I'm just like if it's just not something I like think about like or get. So like it's one of those things like oh there's cake sure I'll have some. But like I'm not I'm not gonna be like I'm gonna go out of my way to get this cake or make a cake. So uh I don't know. But yeah, I, I think I think that's what I would do. I'm I'm Pretty... similar to Craig in that my what I generally request, I keep it very simple. I do a white cake with chocolate frosting. Um, that's good. That'd what I've good. had most of my time. Really, really good. Uh if I had an alternative, uh my th- three successful baking attempts have oh. all been you I'll get you are you ready for it? Yeah, but for my wife <laughs> on, on her uh, <laughs> uh, on her birthday, I have made her a gingerbread cake, gingerbread uh, pancakes, and then this year was a gingerbread sheet cake, and the well, sheet cake turned out phenomenally. Uh, so that that may be an avenue uh, I go down because it is a very delicious thing. Um, similarly, just a uh, white sheet cake with chocolate frosting would also be great. Have you ever made a, a gingerbread man dressed it like Mister Bill and did the voice? I probably I don't think I did any dress up or frosting Ooh, decoration, but I yeah. probably still made the voice with just a plain <laughs> yeah. either sugar cookie or gingerbread man. Oh, that's solid. Um, uh, I'll say this: speaking of like sheet cakes or or something oh, of that ilk, yeah, right. Um, this happens as I get older and and uh, delve into old manhood. I do I do enjoy carrot cake more than I used to like abhor carrot cake growing I still up, do. and and I I like it. Uh, it's it's not bad. So All right. That's yeah. an unfortunate way to end this pretty pretty <laughs> tight episode. I'm excited to see how wrong we are. Well, like like we mentioned, this is coming out uh, th- four days from now for you and me, but some t- Tuesday for everyone else. So we'll be back in a week with a week and a half to kind of catch up on and then really looking forward to the playoffs. Maybe we'll have a better idea of what everything's going to look at that, that by then. We're probably recording... Yeah, we're definitely recording before the actual ro- final rosters, but I bet we can get pretty accurate. And you know what we're going to say, Eric? What are we going to say? We're going to say we we're absolutely dead on right. Oh, we're well. Look, we're we're not going to accept anything less than a hundred percent ratio. So, yeah. 
100% success rate. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm going to go poach an egg like an old man does, and we'll see you next time.